There's also a new book to be released called The Peace with The Peace of the Spirit Within. He writes, he's widely recognized as a leading expert on out-of-body phenomenon and spent 15 years researching the phenomenon. Welcome. Good hey, morning. Mark, good to have good, you. Good morning show, to yeah. you, Mark. Thank you. What is a near-death experience and what happens during one? Can you tell us? Near-death ex experience is when the body dies and then is revived. Um, it, uh, it takes place at the time that the, the body is actually flat or the brain is actually flat. That's a true near-death experience, not uh, just as the body is dying or the body is reviving, but when the, the body is dead, as we could say. Mm, good morning to you, Mark. Morning. What experience do you have in the field of near-death experience research? My experience is in out-of-body experiences, um, which is quite similar because a near-death experience is an out-of-body experience. So in, uh, in looking at this, I've been able to, to study cases of near-death experiences, plus um, I run a course in out-of-body experiences where I teach people how to do it and what to do when they get there. Um, and it's, it's the biggest of its kind in the world with uh, over 43,000 people having taken it. Mark! Jimmy Howes here. Some near-death experiences involve reports of bright lights, divine visions, and seeing real events occurring at the time of their death. Yep. Are they real, or are they just created by the brain or some kind of scientific reason this happens? Well, if they were created by the brain, they wouldn't take place outside the brain or outside the body, and in the absence of life in the brain. Um, the people who experience them can recall events taking place right on the spot where they died. <clears throat> and these events have taken place at the time their body showed no sign of life whatsoever. And like it's obvious, it's pretty clear that they're real. Um, there's a lot of cases of people seeing their body, um, seeing things when their body has died, which would have been impossible to have seen if their consciousness was not separate from the body. For example, there's a uh, case of a woman in intensive care who um, had a near-death experience. She came out of her body, she went to the roof of the hospital, she saw a red shoe on the top of the roof, then uh, later she was revived. Medical staff went to the roof, retrieved the shoe, and found that it was impossible to have seen that shoe from the ground as it's because of its positioning. It was only observable from the air. I wonder if she thinks she could find Jimmy Hoffa. If she found Jimmy, <laughs> what well, if she could? Yeah, I don't know if that would, uh, that would count, really. <laughs> <laughs> if near-death experiences are really something real, why? Why would they occur? Well, it's it's because the body is not suitable for the manifestation of consciousness. Hmm. Um, it's like the the consciousness is moving somewhere else at that stage. Um, everything in life moves. And um, they, they occur really because of that. We can't uh, put an explanation on it here. That's a problem. We can't say, oh, yeah, we've discovered um, that they occur because of this or that reason. That's, that's just not where medical science is at at the moment. We cannot say from here uh, why they occur. We can only look over there at accounts and from people's experiences of out-of-body experience to, to find out why they occur or to get some answers to that. 
Mm. Mark, you know, there's a recent scientific study, and it shows a link between dreams and near-death experiences. How are they linked, and what explanation can you give for that? Well, dreams are kind of out-of-body experience in a way, because um, if, if someone is dreaming, they can realize that they're dreaming, and from that, they can look around and say, well, where am I? and see that they are out of their body. The problem is that for most cases, dreams uh, are projections of the subconscious. So we live in this model of the world um, and we don't have an awareness of our surroundings. So we're just locked in all the bizarre images usually that, that take place. Um, so that link then, um, is observable through what we call lucid dreaming, where someone is aware they're dreaming. And then, in some cases, not, not all and not many, but in some cases, it's possible to come out of those projections of the subconscious and to be aware of being out of the body, just like someone in a near-death experiences are. And uh, they can actually then move around in the same environment where these, these near-death experiences take place. And uh, it's the same sort of place which a lot of psychic phenomena manifest from, like people who go searching for ghosts and all that. They're coming from this, this other side, this other world. We're on a war. Joining us this morning is Mike Richardic. He's an expert on near-death experiences and has, and has written on the, the subject. Mark, uh, my question is still kind of on dreams. Can I, can I get your thoughts on this? Near-death experiences, usually are the ones we hear about, are at the hospital. Yeah. At the hospital, I'm coming off script just a little bit. Yeah. You, you get pain medicine and other, uh, other things in your IV. Is it possible that it's illusions from the medication that the patients receive? Well, if you look at the kind of things that people say when they have near-death experiences, they're very, very clear um, accounts. For example, some people have been able to read medical records. Hmm. Now, if you're out and you're under drugs, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's impossible really to go and read um, medical records, which do require a bit of thought uh, at some distance. But even more compelling than that is that many of these accounts take place when there's no activity in the brain at all. It's completely flat. So it's not just the case that the body is, is dying or is reviving from death, but they take place when there's no activity at all in, in the body, no uh, chemicals, no electrical signals, nothing. Wow. Mm. That's what makes it so compelling. Um, these kind of explanations about um, chemicals and so on can be put towards out-of-body experiences, but... In the case of near-death experiences where the body is completely dead, then no, you can't really put that because there's no brain activity. But the fact that they, they occur in near-death experiences then doesn't rule out them being real experiences in out-of-body experiences too. Greta, do you have one for wow, me? Wow, Greta. Great. Well, you know, you're talking about are there any other ways of having an out-of-body experience? Besides um, death? Yes. Yes. And dreams, there is another way which mm -hmm. is to project, it's called astral projection, which is you leave your body. Now this happens to 10% of people 
spontaneously. So one in ten people throughout the world have this projection um, experience. And in it, you just come out of your body, you lift up, and you, you, you find yourself in your room, usually, where you've, you've left it. You can see your body, and you can move around in that uh, environment. Hmm. Quite a lot of people. Interesting. You know, regarding the question that Greta just asked, uh, is there any danger in trying to leave your body? No, there's no danger at all. Well, it depends. If it's a near-death <laughs> experience, I'd say there's a lot of danger in there. But if it's, a, <laughs> if it's a dream kind or if it's a projection, there's no problem at all. It's just that the body's asleep instead of dead, you know, and, and being asleep, we wake up. There's no problem in that. Mark, besides the woman that found the shoe on the roof and the medical records readings, is, uh, are there any specific scientific proof of out-of-body experiences really happening? There's no scientific proof at all. The nearest that um, we can get are accounts which take place when there's no brain activity. And in those cases, there can be no explanation that anybody can think of. So that's the nearest we can get to proof. But in terms of actual proof, no, because you can't take uh, instruments to the other side. You can't conduct experiments from the other side and bring them back here. So you're pretty stuck, really, as far as getting proof goes with the current technology. Mm. You know, a lot of people become skeptical. Now, what would you say, Mark, to those skeptical people, uh, you know, about the reality of leaving your body and having these experiences? Well, first of all, wait until death, then... <laughs> you got the okay. Then, if you don't want to wait that long, try... <laughs> and have an out-of-body experience, then again, through personal experience, you answer those questions. But it's very easy to, just to be skeptical and say, oh, these things don't exist, and dismiss it. But, I mean, it, common sense-wise, the brain's dead, someone is floating and, and looking down at their body, is able to accurately uh, assess what's going on. I mean, common sense-wise, that's an out-of-body experience, and it says what it is, really, the person is... is conscious is awake is, is lucid and clear and uh, that's impossible in any any way you look at it so for skepticism well i think really too there's a lot at stake you know eternity death and all this so i'd say it's worth looking into it a bit more is it possible uh to find out what happens without having a near-death experience or is it possible to speak to someone or find a website where there is information about this, about near-death experiences? Because I'll tell you something, this has given me a chill. And yeah, the air conditioning is pretty high in the studio, but this is one of those... Halloween's coming up one, You could light a match on my arm with the goosebumps I have yeah. right now. That's what I'm telling you right now. Well, you could read up on it. You know, there's a lot of information uh, out there on the web. and, and what, bo what, what, what articles or books or uh, su summaries have you written on the, on the topic? Well, I've written uh, a couple of articles on it, uh, besides the book that I've written. And uh, I run a course in out-of-body experiences and dreams. And I think this is the best way to learn about it, because you go step by step. You learn how to have out-of-body experiences and you're there able to talk to other people about it and get feedback and ask questions and all that. And I think really it's good to have a bit of support on this because 
often people have out-of-body experiences, I mean, one in ten people, and they don't know who to turn to, and they go and ask someone, they say, oh, you're just mad, you know, you're just in that case. <laughs> but they might just strike it lucky with uh, the one in ten people and, uh, and find someone sympathetic. But then where do they both go to? Yeah, so, of course, 43,000 people, um, lots of people to talk to, really. And I think that's, that's very useful in, in um, trying to understand out body experiences. Hmm. It's good so that he be out of us. Com. So it's a course that's online? Yeah, it's online at um, Gnostic Web, uh, and it's free as well. G-N-O-S-T-I-C Web, right? That's right. I'm going to go there. After the show, I'm going to visit. Yeah, it would be a good idea to visit that website and see what comes out. Wow. What do you say, guys? Cool. We thank hey. Mark for joining us. This was oh, great. Oh, we thank Mark uh, very much. Mark Pritchard, our right. special guest this Mark, morning. We, we would thank love to you. have you back another time. This is really good when we have more time. This is uh, outstanding. Okay. Great. Hopefully you'll come back. Yes, I will. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you so very much. Whoa. An expert That's on out-of-body experiences and near-death.